0: Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's RO.co slash regrow. You're listening to the Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Claire. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 937 The Ticket and the Ticketfm.com.
1: Okay, so a couple things I want to get to before we dive into Husker football. Um, I, I guess this is relative.
2: Well, Casey. If you wanna, I was going to say, if you want something before we dive into Husker football, I got something.
1: Is it the Scotts Bluff? No, it was okay. the,
2: uh, it's the uh, three captains for the Nebraska volleyball team. Okay, go ahead. Lexi Rodriguez, sophomore. Kenzie Knuckles, repeat captain. Maddie Kubik, two seniors and a sophomore. Those are your three leaders, three captains for the nebraska volleyball team
1: okay there you go notable, they start their season tomorrow notable or friday
2: yeah notable omission to some people nicklin Haymes. but i think with her taking a step back from being the setter that she's she's fine with it
1: and you could still be Plus, in a captain role yeah just without the c she's on your chest definitely
2: still a leader on the team yeah
1: um okay so husker football here just got a word casey thompson is named to the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award watch list. Um, He was one of 76 FBS quarterbacks uh, named to the watch list. It annually recognizes the nation's top senior or upperclassman quarterback. The 2021 winner was Pittsburgh's Kenny Pickett, who flourished under the direction of offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Mark Whipple, who is in his first season as Nebraska's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach this fall.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: Um, Thompson is also in his first season at Nebraska after transferring from Texas. He played in 19 games with 10 starts as a Longhorn and was Texas' starting quarterback last season. Um, Completed 63% of his pass for 2,100 yards and 24 touchdowns despite battling a hand injury. So there you go. So Huskers on preseason watch list. Just to recap, Brian Buschini on the Ray Guy Award watch list. O'Shawn Mathis on the Nagurski Trophy. Uh, Trey Palmer, Paul Hornug, Ethan Piper, all State Good Works Team: Luke Reimer, Buckkiss Luke Reimer, Chuck Ben Narick, Ben Thank you. I believe. Uh, and Casey Thompson, Johnny United School Arm Award.
2: Ben There you go. I'm not exactly sure to say that. Say his Ben-Narik. last name. Ben Narick. I'm not exactly. Yeah.
1: Beneric. Ben Beneric. No, it's not the it. Chuck,
2: that. The Chuck B. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um. Does somebody ask, does that watch list just have all the senior quarterbacks on it? And, and there's a chance. Um but Junior or senior, upperclassmen. Upperclassmen, yeah. It's an upperclassmen quarterbacks. Oh so no. So then next year I I want to talk about this. High school football kicks off tomorrow night. Friday, get this, folks. Scott's bluff will leave their town at seven A. M. on Friday for a Friday night lights game against Lincoln Pius the tenth. And they hope to be back at the same time on Saturday. It is an 800-mile trip. And, like I said, they're leaving at 7 a.m. on Friday and coming back, hopefully get, returning home to Scotts Bluff at 7 a.m. on Saturday. Now, here's the cr- crazy part, Rico. Yep. I looked up Scotts Bluff's schedule. All right. Oh, no, do travels, travels to Lincoln this Friday. Uh-huh. Then... In three weeks, travels to York.
2: Okay. Which that's, is, that's, I mean,
1: it's still a pretty lengthy trip. Shorter distance. Shorter by 45 <laughs> minutes. Something like that. I don't know, a distance from Lincoln to York. 45 and maybe an hour. Maybe an hour. Maybe, not still. So you're thinking probably a 650 mile drive at that? Oh, buddy. All right. Then later in the year, September 30th. Oh, God. They travel to Waverly. <laughs> oh, Scott's Bluff has Scott's to make the trek, bluff. August twenty sixth to Pius, September sixteenth to York, and September thirtieth to Waverly. Oof! And there's a couple away games sprinkled in there: Gearing, Lexington, um, and that's it. That's the only other away games. Those
2: aren't those aren't terrible. Lexington's about a three, two and a half hour drive.
1: Yeah. Goodness but gracious. once again, Cause I, cause it it's an 800-mile trek. Yeah, it
2: takes me about three hours to get from Kearney to Scotts Bluff. Well, it takes me three hours to get from Kearney to, to Sydney, and they're pretty close. So
1: Chris Baznett, who is now covering uh, high school football, said this, um, wrote an article that says, uh, when you're one of the most westernist schools in Nebraska, just 20, or mi- 20 miles or so from the Wyoming state line, you're going to have to travel east to play. But 2022 brings a whole new set of travel challenges for the Class B preseason number two rated Bearcats, starting on Friday with a road trip to number eight Lincoln Pius The X. Uh, Judson Hall, the Scottsbluff coach, said, I was probably as shocked as their head coaches were when that schedule came out in February. Um, he's referring to the Pius coaches. Um, here we go. Friday will mark the first of those three journeys. Uh and the start of a season that will see Scott's Bluff log more than 28 or 2800 miles on the road and more than 42 hours of drive time.
2: Do they have their own charter bus?
1: They have to. They have to.
2: I don't some schools don't. I don't they might be just a school bus. Which it has suck. to. No, you
1: you got to get one of the luxury buses for this. You cannot
2: You could. We went to North Platte on a regular bus. Really? Yeah.
1: When we would go to Okay, which again, not that far, but so they walked through. So Baz walks through their their plan. So they'll leave at 7 a.m. Mountain Time uh, and drive the first 80 miles to Sydney for a 20 minute stop. After that, it's a three hour drive and about 215 miles to Kearney where Scott's
2: driving to Sydney for a stop.
1: Yeah, 80 miles.
2: Why would you just drive to it for a stop? So,
1: 215 miles later to Kearney, where Scott's Bluff will have a 45-minute walk-through at Kearney High School, eat a lunch packed by the team parents in the bleachers of Kearney's football field, it's a beautiful then, field, then get back on the bus. Then it's another 113 miles or so to a truck stop off the Millard Interstate 80 exit, another 20-minute break, then back on the bus for the final 35-minute stretch into Pius I bet
2: I, I bet I know what truck stop they're stopping at. It's a good truck stop. <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs> it's not that Shoemakers. Sucks. No. Okay, yeah. Um, that should put the Bearcats at Aldridge Field somewhere around 5 p.m. Central Time, about nine hours after they left home, and about two hours before the 7 p.m. kickoff. After that, Scott's Bluff will pack up and drive through the night back to the Panhandle, hopefully arriving back home around 6 a.m. Mountain Time on Saturday.
2: Golly. That is this
1: is unbelievable. Just- Whoever made the Why schedule... like
2: okay. I know it's, it's high school, whatever, but, like, can somebody pitch in and get them a hotel?
1: That's horrible. I don't know. I don't know if that's one of those things where you'd want a hotel.
2: And you just leave early in the morning. You're leaving right after the game. Like, the players are going to fall asleep on the bus.
1: But you have to you have to understand, Rico, they're though. Gonna sh- like, if, they're if, they're,
2: they're going to shower, right? Maybe. Possibly. They might oh, not. Oh, God,
1: I hope so. They might not. I hope so.
2: But they're gonna sleep on the bus. The coaches are gonna sleep on the bus. But bus driver's not gonna sleep on the bus. He can't sleep. He's driving.
1: So what? What's interesting here? It, you have to remember, like the the kids are probably gonna want to get back as soon as possible because that way they have all day Sunday to just relax.
2: I mean, you'll have like all Saturday day, and Sunday. I mean, you'll have all day Sunday before to you got Before
1: you got to go back to school on Monday. Well, and was, you got to go to practice on Monday.
2: Would you would you rather pass out on a bus or
1: absolutely than than to stay and I, I would I am one of those people though. I'm I'm weird like that. Um uh, so once again I, mean, I could sleep on a bus too but Scott's Bluff has to drive 800 miles to Lincoln Pius the 10th here this Friday where they'll play newly class B school the Thunderbolts um
2: couldn't handle class A.
1: Oh okay, here we go. Here's a question. But doesn't Pius York and Waverly have to go out to Scott's Bluff next year? My guess is that they haven't released the schedule, so we don't know yet. Um, and I'm, that's not always how it works. It kind of depends on realignment as well, and in classes and how road and away schedules line up with other schools. There's a lot of of, of other variables in it. But like Bass said in his article, which you can find out at the Lincoln Journal Star dot com, you can. He, he said that. When you're Scott's Bluff and you're in the west, one of the westernmost schools in, in Nebraska, then you're going to have to get used to traveling east. So this is playing. just southeast.
2: At least they're not playing Roncalli or Gross.
1: That's true. That, that would be rough. Um, Scut? Because it would be Class B. Yeah. So it would have to be Scut Catholic. That,
2: that extra 45?
1: Yeah, that's going to – got to feel bad for the bus driver. I bet they're getting paid a pretty penny, though. If you really think about
2: it, some five-hour energy or something, man. This,
1: yeah. So who knows? Uh, We'll we'll kind of update you guys with that. No sandwich. As it goes, Bach didn't bring a sandwich. He's talking, but we can't hear him. No sandwich,
2: Bach. Let's see if he you hop on the mic. Hello, Bach. Hola. No sandwich. No sandwich. Uh, Mark's got your sandwich. He'll be here soon. Sandwiches. Mark's got your sandwich. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Cool. Sounds like one. You might have to split it.
1: Cut it in half, Rico. I do want to try it. It's new.
2: I'll give you a a small piece. All right, cool, cool. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Thank you, Buck. Yep. All right, so um, once again, 800-mile drive. Jeremy says those 20-minute breaks have to be for the drivers. I don't think that Class B has to schedule non-cons. It has to be for the drivers. I mean, but like, what what good does a 20-minute nap do for you?
2: Some type of energy. Power nap.
1: Maybe. I'd be living off of uh, monsters. So, all right, let's
2: dive in. Monsters, all that fun stuff. Yeah,
1: all that. So, let's dive into uh, Nebraska. All right, so just wanted to mention that about Scott's Bluff really quickly.
2: Shout out to Scott's Bluff. Shout out
1: to Scott's Bluff for making a trip east three times this year to York, Waverly, and Pius. In the matter of. I would say Garrett Nelson. It's in four weeks. You're making the trip three times in the first five weeks of the season.
2: It's rough on the body.
1: Yeah, talk. That's rough on the body. Bad.
2: Number two team making them travel like that. What are you doing? It's like the whole Penn State. Make the other always teams
1: travel to them. It's always like Penn State always starting the the conference skate, uh, slate on the road. They're mad about it. Oh yeah, they are. They're mad about that. Don't Never forget. Started at home. Okay, so let's uh let's go through some of these these audio clips. First, I, I think the offense is more fascinating this year, so we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. Yeah, so we'll start about Whipple. Um. He was asked, are you able to notice any jet lag coming off of the off the plane? Because and, and, they've kind of settled down in Ireland now, starting to get their bodies on the right clock and on the right feelings and all that stuff. And uh, can you notice any jet lag while at practice?
3: I mean, you can tell. Yes, we didn't push them yesterday. It was kind of like getting it, and it's, you know. Uh, and then you could see them as the practice rolled on. They just started getting back uh, – their legs and everything else and, and feeling a lot better. And, and uh, I think uh, you know, tomorrow's a, you know, fast day. We'll, we'll settle them in and then Friday we'll clean up on a couple of things. We had a few mental mistakes today, but uh, overall it was pretty good.
2: So hearing Whipple say that has me feeling a type of way because Northwestern is leaving today.
1: They got there today. They got there today. Okay, they so they left
2: today. yesterday, but they got there today. So, you know, Nebraska got there what, Tuesday. Tuesday morning, morning Scotland yep. time. Tuesday whatever morning, Scotland. I, Irish time or our time. So you know they, they had a little jet lag, a little rough today. Maybe fast and then clean stuff up on the third day. Northwestern's third day is going to be Friday. Friday, and we'll see what happens.
1: So what's interesting about this is that Northwestern will stay an extra day. They will feed six hundred people around that number. They'll feed 600 people on Saturday night at about 10 p.m. Pat Fitzgerald said in his press conference, and uh, they're going to feed 600 people. They're going to let the guys sleep in on Sunday morning, and then they're going to go sightseeing on Sunday. The reason they're able to do that, they have a bye week the following week. Nebraska doesn't, so that's a big reason why Nebraska win a day early. And I think it gives Nebraska a little bit of that. Nebraska a little bit of an advantage as well. I, I think it gives Nebraska. An advantage, just like we said moments ago, the body clock, getting everything kind of in sync and and synced up to what where you're at and, and your surroundings and things like that. Um, Whipple was also asked. All right, let's go to Pat Fitzgerald because I grabbed right. a couple Pat Fitzgerald quotes that were that were pretty interesting. And one of those is I want to play two from from Fitzgerald. Okay. One is who stood out for Nebraska when you watch the tape. We're going to play two of these back to back. Let me a little
4: louder. Well, I mean, you go back and you watch the tape from last year and everything stood out. I mean, we didn't play very well and they played outstanding. And, um, you know, I, I think across the board, you know, you look at the talent that they've added, uh, you know, is, is some, some very impressive impressive players. That's It's been a huge challenge for our defense, right? We've had to go back, watch guys at their previous institutions individually as players. We've obviously had to go back and study Coach Whipple and what he did not only at Pitt but also at UMass and different stops along the way. Uh, and, and take a look at some of their other new assistant coaches on offense to see if there's anything schematically that we need to be prepared for. Uh, so, you know, it's got, It's obviously a lot. And we'll know a ton after the first quarter uh, where they're at. And then we'll have to plan to adjust at halftime and then see what they do again new in the third quarter as they move forward. So, you know, as, as opposed to talking about individual pieces, it's been more macro level stuff that we've had to really study. Uh, and then, you know, the individual players, we've had a study, like I said, at the previous institutions, along with the returning guys that, that, that they have, you know, uh, you know, from a skill set standpoint, you know, I, it's, they've got a deep running back room, they've brought in some new weapons, uh, you know, on the outside uh, at wide receiver, uh, that sounds like they're excited about their tight ends, big, he's physical, he can run, um, you know, and their old line got after us a year ago, and I know they'll have a couple of new pieces, but um, you know, they, they really got after us a year ago.
1: So I want to piggyback that response on top of this one. Um, he, he was asked actually by Omaha world Herald's Evan Bland, um, about the challenges of preparing for a bunch of new pieces and which is Nebraska, both personnel wise and coaches, ch- the challenges of, uh, preparing for a bunch of new pieces. Here's Pat Fitzgerald.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. How you doing brother? Hope all's well out West. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is like the absolute norm for my staff it seems like every year in the opener it's a new head coach or multiple new coordinators i mean it's it, it, we're kind of used to this so it's it, you don't you know you don't start in august right this starts way back when in january and you do your all-season studies you kind of put together your preliminary game plans you go through spring ball see what the new pieces look like and then kind of tweak that plan over the summer and then you go through training camp and see if there's any, any rookies, you know, any freshmen that can get into the mix, but it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of, it's a lot of organization. It's you're right. You, you gotta be careful of the paralysis by analysis, but like, you know, you pop on LSU tape and you see Trey Palmer and you're like, Oh yeah, there he is. You know, this dude's, this dude's a freak, you know, I mean, it, you pop on, you know, the Texas tape and, and, and it just, you know, there's Casey right away, jumping out to you and Marcus it's, it's, it's not hard to see all those things when you pop on the tape. And then, you know, when you cut pop on the, the success that Coach Whipple had, you know, the last few years at Pitt, um, you know, it's, it's really impressive. And, uh, and then, you know, how are they going to mesh that with Coach Frost's offense and, and the things that he believes in and how they do things there at Nebraska? You know, we're going to have our hands full, especially in the first quarter, on how they're going to marry that together you know, what they're going to do and how things are going to go. And then we're going to have to just plan to adjust with poise. And, you know, more importantly, as always in the opener, it's, it's about how you execute. It's about the turnover ratio, Um, you you know, making sure you can make big plays in the kick game and minimize those against you. And then, uh, you know, this game, you know, outside of maybe a handful uh, against us in Nebraska have been really close. So, You know, conditioning will be a factor, even though we're playing at five thirty and it looks like it might be in the low sixties, it might feel a little bit more like a fall day. I'm not sure any of the offensive or defensive linemen on either team will be overly upset about that.
1: So first of all, Pat Fitzgerald, I know those clips were long, so I appreciate you guys bearing with us. First of all, extremely well spoken dude. I mean, like this is kind of the first time that I've I've sat down, I watched one of of Pat Fitzgerald's press conferences in its entirety and really thought-out thought answers, thorough answers as well. And in both those clips, you mentioned something. One thing that stuck out to me was we're going to adjust with poise after the first quarter. And the takeaway that I got, the thought that instantly came to my mind, is Nebraska needs to get out in front in the first quarter. Got to get up early. Because, because they have a, a, an advantage, and Northwestern's admitting it that Nebraska has an advantage the similar advantage to what Illinois had last year mm-hmm. and you could argue that in the first quarter Illinois maybe didn't take advantage of that um that surprise gift. factor the yeah the factor in the game last year because but Nebraska allowed them to get out in front either way yeah. um Nebraska was the better team however when you look at this year Nebraska needs to be the team that uh, takes that gift of having that advantage and use it. They need to get out to a, a lead after the first quarter because Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald specifically, has told you multiple times in one press conference the week before the game starts is that they don't know how what Nebraska is going to do in the first quarter. But then they will adjust with poise after 15 minutes of play. And that, that really stuck out to me. Um, and Mark Whipple was actually asked about this. And it's it's the one of, of reaction to, to Fitz's comments or, or whatever, talking about – um, it's that one, Rico. I don't know if you can find it.
2: Yeah, the response. Yeah,
1: to, response to Fitz. Fitz. And, and here's what Mark Whipple had to say. It actually was – it made me giggle, made me laugh a little bit, and, and here's Mark Whipple.
3: I don't know. I don't – you know, I'm just trying to do my job. Whatever he feels is right and not going to affect the game. I've never played against Northwestern, so, you know, I haven't played in the plays in the Big Ten, so – it's kind of like when I went to the ACC. It was the same thing. Certain personalities on that part, you know. I think after you play some teams a little bit, you get a feel for certain people that are calling it. And uh, so it's it's more worried about what what we do is how we're talking about. Is that it's not about them. It's about us, as we said since the day I got here. You know, we control what we can control, and that's all you can worry about.
2: I like that. Pretty answer. good answer. I really like that answer. A I lot. mean, you
1: you can just play, or at the start he was just like, nah, I mean, I don't really care what he thinks. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, that's whatever. the thing. Like,
2: I, he can see – that's kind of markable. Like, you can say whatever you want to say about us, about my like my offense, but we're gonna do what we do, and uh, you've got to line up and stop us. Like, Control the controllables. Gonna, we're not going to. I mean, you're gonna you know make adjustments if things aren't working, but you're gonna yeah. have to adjust to us. Like we're doing what we're gonna do, and you got to figure out how to stop it
1: yeah exactly. It shows I once again, like I've said this before, it seems like the new guys in place, just no BS guys. They're just they're gonna do they they're gonna line up. They're gonna fall back on their train. They're gonna trust what they're they're teaching day to day and and they're gonna say, try to stop us because we don't think you can. And Mark Whipple's kind of the I mean, obviously as the offense coordinator. He's out in front and he that's the message that he's portraying. That's the message that Casey Thompson's portraying. Um, speaking of that, another interesting Mark Whipple answer today. Um, that once again, like, is just no BS, right? He's not in it for the the optics, the drama. He just doesn't care about it. He was asked if Casey Thompson has won over his teammates, and Mark Whipple had kind of a, a little bit of a joke at the start of it, but then it, it makes sense. It, it falls in line with how Mark Whipple operates. Here's here's the offensive
3: coordinator. Yeah, I don't know. It's not it's not politics. So Saturday, I'll find out, right? You know, he's won me over. He's won coach over, and. And the other guys have really been pushing, and we got as I said before, it's a really good room. Because I can be tough at times on a guy. Uh, that's the head guy, the the, the quarterback, and that's why he needs support. And um, you, you know, as I said, and I think it's going perfect. And but I, I think we have a really good room. We do. We got good kids that that care, that that work hard, that really help one another on some of the things that way. And uh, so they've been fun to be around. And you know, it's obviously a lot more fun when you win.
1: So before we get to break, here's a little piece of optimism, and, and this is actually where I was going to go. Sten points it out on the text line, four zero two four six four five six eight five. Defense has adjusted half-to-half half better than the offense has through frost regimen, or excuse me, regime. Mm-hmm. With whip calling shots on offense, I have optimism that we see those necessary halftime adjustments more often. Think about that. like that, that's, that's where all of our optimism lies as Husker fans right now. Is that with a a guy in charge of the offense, the offensive coordinator specifically in charge of the offense, he is going to be he's going to be on the sideline. We know that. He's going to be on the sideline. Eric is going to be up top in the booth. And with Mark Whipple on the sideline, he's going to be able to communicate with guys better, easier, quicker, clearer. He's going to be able to see things a lot closer than he would be in a press box. There there's benefits to Mark Whipple being on the sideline like he likes to be. And Give credit to Scott Frost for number one allowing him to be on the sidelines and and trusting Mark Whipple with this offense right um especially in a year that that's full of pressure um full of pressure well and, and here's the thing like after listening to Pat Fitzgerald throughout his whole press conference, I know he's only played two or three clips or whatever, but throughout his whole press conference if if you can guarantee one thing it's that his his staff is going to be ready to go, they're going to be prepared as well as possible. And they're going to make the necessary adjustments. Once again, with poise, I, I just think that not
2: pre- yeah, if they're not prepared in the first, quarter, they're going to make they're
1: going to make adjustments to where they are prepared and be prepared. Yeah, and, and I just that that really spoke to me. The uh, make adjustments with poise um, and just don't panic, right? And maybe some of that thought process is what has allowed Northwestern to win two of the last four Big Ten West Division titles.
2: Pat Fitzgerald is one of the coaches that you should never look past. Doesn't matter That's a good bad. point. Never bad. Never doesn't matter how Which, bad his team was ne- here before. Nebraska's
1: law or Nebraska's learned that through all the times that they've been ranked in the top twenty-five. Northwesterns come to town and and they had the two quarterback system of Kane Coulter and Trevor Simeon uh, of of just like where it, it did, was it was how did we lose this game? Yeah, it was deli- it was it was horrible. All right, let's take our final timeout. When we come back, we'll be joined by Nathan Brennan for the crossover. Um, we'll see if Strick wants to hop on the stream as well. We'll do all that coming up next. Round out Wednesday's show. On the ticket.
0: Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 937 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com.